was a period where I just was, I felt lost and, and I didn't, I didn't know where to go to, but because of the fact that I had been exposed to Tony at such a young age, I thought maybe this is, this could give me some answers. So this Mm. was my opportunity to go with deep with destiny. So I said, you know, maybe there's something here that I can find useful because what I'm using right now and the tools that I've had up until this moment are not working for me anymore. These are the stories of average people who have massively changed their lives from a Tony Robbins event. This is episode 7 of the Tony Robbins Impact Podcast. Now, I just firstly want to say thank you to everyone for listening and the people who have reached out to me and shared their story and and told me thank you for, for putting this together has just been something that's really sort of keeping me going and uh, pushing along with this project because I feel like it is really worthwhile for people who haven't been to to maybe go for people who are on the fence to just get it done and and go and and change your life and for people who have been before I mean just to be reminded of some of the things that can happen at these events and yeah I uh, also wanted to let everyone know that I'm, I'm going along to Date With Destiny this year and I'm going to publish 10 stories from Date With Destiny in Cairns in in 2019 which is in May this year so I also wanted to let everyone know that I've put a link in the description for Date With Destiny if you jump on there and and come along to Date With Destiny I'll be putting on an event the night before it'll be a dinner event and I'll have a guest speaker there and uh, yeah if you if you jump on click on the link get to date with destiny i know it's a six day event already and you you may not want any extras but it there's a possibility and an opportunity there for people to come along and join that also if you want to be a part of the podcast also reach out to me and let me know because uh yeah like i said i'll be doing the 10 stories so my next guest is Jen Pearson. She reached out to me, yeah, from uh, from New Jersey in the States and shared with me her powerful story and and we uh, we got together and recorded this this uh, interview. Jen, thank you so much all the way from New York. Uh, welcome to, on the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm actually in Jersey, beautiful Somerville, New Jersey. Okay, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's amazing that we got to connect, and um, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's just amazing the world we live in today. How we can sit here and record a podcast. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Me too. Um, Thank so, you. No, that's fine. That's fine. Um, yeah. So. You shared a little bit of your story with me before we started the interview, but just to give people some context, um, I guess before your exposure to Tony Robbins, um, yeah, just a bit about your story and where you were mm-hmm. at. 
Right, absolutely. So um, how I was introduced to Tony was right around when I was, I think it was either 22 or 23. Um, I had just had a, a near-death experience. So I, um, I was in a nightclub in New York City and I overdosed on a lot of drugs. Ecstasy, ketamine, um, cocaine, and I was a big club kid at the time, and I fell right on my back, and I OD'd, and my whole entire body was paralyzed. I couldn't move. My friends are hovered all around me, and they're smacking me, giving me water, and I couldn't move the only thing that was working in my mind. So in my mind, I was saying what I now believe to be a prayer. And I was saying, God, if there's a God, I will hunt you. I will find you. I will seek you. God, if there's a God, I will hunt you. I will find you. I will seek you. God, if there's a God, I will hunt you. I will find you. I will seek you. But I was screaming it in my mind because I actually felt the life force coming out of me. And so I was screaming at the top of my lungs, God, God, if there's a God, please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. Please don't let me die. And I was screaming this. And um, it was, I was at the time, I was considered myself to be an agnostic. So I didn't know if I believed in God. I didn't, I couldn't say yes. I couldn't say no. So I was in that place of uncertainty. And then um, obviously I survived. And so this, this experience sent me on a trail of, finding God, wanting to experience God, wanting to know God and to also clean myself up. And um, I ended up a few weeks later working for somebody at a commercial interior design company. And he had been stressed out. He had a lot of work that he was doing and he was up in the middle of the night and he saw an infomercial about Tony Robbins and he went through a seminar and he got so much value out of it. He came back into the office. This was the owner of the company, Roy Stanga. And he, um, he took our entire office to UPW. So what a blessing. I was, again, of, 20, of 23. And um, it, changed, it changed my life. Um, it really set me on a course and a different trajectory. And now I'm 40, so... Um, that was my, my introduction to both religion and then the personal growth world and Tony's seminars. Wow, that's, that's an incredible story. So, so just take me back to that experience at the nightclub. Yes. So you said you were physically uh, paralyzed, pa- paralyzed yeah. but you, you remember like the verbally saying those things and... Um, feeling them yes yeah so one of the drugs I was on was a drug called ketamine which is a horse tranquilizer and so it was um I was paralyzed and I couldn't move my body I wanted to I was trying to move my body I was trying to tell my arms to move my body to get up and I just couldn't I was flat on my back and I'm laying there and I just I still remember like yesterday all my friends hovered over me and giving me water and smacking my face and trying to revive me and just feeling like my heart was just pounding so intensely and just coming out of my body. And 
in my mind because that was the only thing, the only tool that I had in that moment. Um, my mind was screaming, like in the top of my mind, I was screaming, 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 like, please mm. don't let me die. I will mm. hunt you. I will find you. I will seek you. Mm. And, and I meant it. I meant it. And so, yeah, it, it totally shifted my perspective and my life and everything from that point forward. And so that was essentially the beginning of spiritual and personal growth journey, would you say? Yes. I mean, I had, I had dabbled in different, um, you know, the different things when I was younger, like my mom, uh, she made me see a priest. So I was like, kind of, which is kind of like a form of personal growth or therapy, you know, so I was doing that. And I had seen a therapist. Um, so if we want to go back to where this whole like drugs started. So for me, it started from an experience I had being molested when I was nine. So I, I had gotten molested by a neighbor. And, um, and I don't know if you want to go into that story or I mean, mm. it, it, it would be powerful to tell your audience and kind of go into that because that is really the genesis of my destructive path, which has now led me to my personal growth self-improvement path. Mm. Um, that was really the start of all of it. So, um, you know, I'd be happy to share that as well, but that's really where it started. So I ended up seeing a priest and then it turned into seeing a social worker and then this experience at the nightclub. And then from there, I just went full force and wanting to learn more about my mind and how to use it and how to heal myself. And then from there, it's like, you know, I learned all these techniques and I've wanted to share with other people. And now my progression of it is that my heart and soul is in service because to come from where I was to where I am now has been so powerful and I feel that I have a responsibility to share the things that have saved my life and that have led me to this place of peace that I'm in right now yeah wow I'm I'm blown away by that and um yes that's um a, a huge story in itself um and I'm, yes. I'm sure yes so many people need to hear this and yeah. uh, have awareness about it um I guess uh, what I wanted to talk about as well was something we spoke about before the interview, which was a moment in your life where you potentially didn't realise how close you were to suicide, but uh, it was at a Tony Robbins event, I think. Was it Date With Destiny? It was Date With Destiny, yes. Yes. So so tell me about that because... It's almost like uh, you told me you felt like you you were uh, supposed to talk to Tony and you visualized it and you so yes. it was uh, there was a big build up to so, so what was that like and when was that sorry yes so that was in 2012 December of 2012 um, so it kind of stems off of this religious pursuit and right after this whole near-death experience, I ended up, uh, the person I started working for was, um, I'm almost reluctant to say the religion because 
I still have like a lot of love for the people in it, but I'm going to anyway. They were uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. And um, so I became very, very, I went to the extreme because it was something I felt I needed to do in order to heal. And I was getting all this knowledge from, you know, a practical information. I was cleaning up my life. So I studied to become a Jehovah's Witness. And I was at that time, um, I mean, I went through 10 years of theocratic ministry school. I was going to Bible study every week. Um, all my associations, all my friends were Jehovah's Witnesses. I was preaching a door to door. I mean, I was really engulfed and in this world. Um, and it just became my, my life. And again, there are so many stories within the story. So I don't want to go off on too many tangents, but what happened and what led me to that point is that I, um, I found out, or I, there was, there was a part of me that like a 3% of me that felt like something was off with this religion. I just didn't feel, um, I didn't feel like myself. The only way I could describe it is I felt Stepford. I felt like I was just trying to be so like proper and perfect and this direct reflection of God. And when you're in this religion, you're taught to believe that you're the mouthpiece of God and that you're with God's people and they call it words like the truth and the people you associate with are the friends. So you believe you're part of God's mouthpiece and God's organization. And what happened was there was some doubt in me. And then my husband at the time, he, uh, he unbeknownst to me, had, he wasn't a Jehovah's Witness and he had been doing research on the religion for two years. So for two years, he had been doing some research and he, one, one day he came home and my entire dining room table was filled with all this research and material that he had um, read and, and even like a manuscript that he had written. It was like a, a big 50 page uh, book. And I was livid because you're taught that any information that takes you away from the truth is coming from Satan. So I thought in my mind from this Bible training that uh, Satan had come into my house through my husband. Mm. And so it was, um, it was such a, a shocking time in my, my life. And I asked him to take all this literature and I had him put him in, put it in the trunk of the car. I didn't even want it in the house. Um, you know, you're taught to believe it's almost like pornography, it's just dirty stuff. And again, it's taking you away from God. Mm. And, um, but there was a part of me that said, Ooh, what, what if, you know, what if some of this information is, uh, is right. But then there also was this critical thinking part of me that thought to myself, well, if this is quote, the truth, then truth should be able to withstand any sort of investigation, um, any um, research that the truth is the truth. So if anything, if I do research, it should just reinforce what I already believe. Um, but what happened was I, I ended up reading one of the books and it just brought so many things to life. And um, it made me realize that um, again, without having to go into all the details of it, but it made me realize that, it was not the truth. 
and that it was an organization that I had to disassociate myself with it. And then as a result of that, you know, um, there are consequences for it. So I ended up being asking to be disfellowshipped because one of the things I learned was, you know, to, again, there's such good people that are good hearted, earnest seeking people. I learned integrity and truth and living your life wholesomely. So to me, I asked to be disfellowshipped because that was what I wanted my life to look like was to live a life of integrity. But I ended up losing all my friends being shunned, losing my religion, losing my identity, like, and then my husband and I ended up going through a divorce, not for this reason, but for other reasons. Mm. And so it was one thing after another, and it all happened around the same time. Wow. And it was like, boom, 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 boom. And um, it just, it really, it shook me to my core, and it, it changed my identity. Yeah. And I yeah. was searching for answers. I was like, I was like a desperate, like, seeker. Um I mean, if I could have grabbed the mailman and like talked to him, I would have done it. Like I, <laughs> I was just anybody that I could talk to because I was trying to process that. Well, I had built this foundation, this marriage, this identity, this religion, who I thought I was. And then it was all crumbling and burning to the ground mm -hmm. in, um, a, in a big hurry as well. And, and, and also, a, I guess that, that was the part uh, when you were in something so, um, serious like that uh well a marriage and the um mm -hmm. the religion mm -hmm. it's tied to everything you do and and you everything you believe and every story you have and your perspective of the world so i couldn't i couldn't imagine uh, all of that sort of falling apart at once falling apart at once exactly um mm. and it was <clears throat> it was a very intense period and I, um, when I went to the date with Destiny, I just, I, everybody that I would see, the, um, you know, the people, my buddies, the people in my group, the team leaders, I would say, please, please, I was begging people, please see that I talked to Tony. Please see that I talked to Tony, everybody that I met, because I was really, um, you know, when, when you have a belief that Satan is the mm. one that's taking you away from God? To mm. me, it was such a fuck, a mind fuck. Like, how do you twist all those years of programming and belief systems? And, you know, am, is Satan really doing that? Is, mm. it, is it really God? And, you know, so it was, it was a period where I just was, I felt lost and, and I didn't, I didn't know where to go to, but because of the fact that I had been exposed to Tony at such a young age, I thought maybe this is, th this could give me some answers. So this mm. was my opportunity to go with, De with Destiny. So I said, you know, maybe there's something here that I can find useful because what I'm using right now and the tools that I have up until this moment are not working for me anymore. They're mm. not, not, so I have to seek new tools new insights um new new a new community because i lost my community so that's what kind of sent me on that voyage to date with destiny did, did you feel uh, desperate for answers or uh, new answers 
or did you feel that there was just something, there was just going to be something there that was going to lead you to in the right direction? I felt, I felt desperate. Mm. I did. I did. I felt like there was a moment, there were many moments where I, I felt so torn up inside. Like I felt like, you know, my body was ripping apart, like in, in two, like that I felt I could almost imagine myself hanging mm. and the relief and the peace that I felt hanging was so serene and so peaceful because I was so torn up inside. And I thought, I don't want to die. Like I've come too far and I just, I don't want to die. So I was, I was desperate. I was like, cause that, that was what I was picturing and it was giving me peace of mind. So that was mm. my direction that I was going in. So I knew I needed to shift. I knew yeah. I needed to, but again, because of my exposure to Tony in the past, I'm like, there's a, there, there are answers out there. I just have to find them. So again, it put me in a position of like seeking earnestly, hunting earnestly, and really just putting myself out there in a big way and taking bold risks, which mm. is one of the things that I've learned, you know, through my experience of Tony is, you know, taking risk. I, I do what I call risk level tens in my life. And I do this practice every day. It's like, what, what are some things that scare me to my core, but I know that if I do, are going to help me advance in a positive way that much more. And I seek those tens. So I think to myself, what could I, what, you know, do I need to have a conversation with somebody? Is there a phone call I need to be, to be making? Um, who do I need to get in front of? And I try to get to the tens and how I know I'm at that risk level 10 is it makes me sick. It makes me want to puke. If I yeah. know I'm going to be like a little bit uncomfortable and sick, then I know I'm on the right path. You're I way out of your comfort where, zone. Exactly. I'm way out of my comfort zone. I need to write exactly. So that's where um, the most growth has been for me. So, so mm. yes, I, I was, I was desperate. I was so, desperate. So you were desperate. You had been exposed to Tony's work before right. and you've gone along to date with destiny. You're essentially asking uh, people in your group to visualize you talking to Tony. So what happened? So then um, there was, there was an opportunity where he was asking for, you know, um, for people, for, for volunteers to speak up. And I had done it in the days before and didn't get picked. But this time I decided to be as loud as I could be. So I stood on my chair and I was like screaming, Tony. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I was just like flailing my hands. And I was just like, you know, really doing everything I could to fully. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) 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 The nerves that people must get in those seminars. I was thinking when when you actually do get picked. (laughs) Well, yes, exactly. And it was, it was certainly an out-of-body experience. And I don't even recollect half of it. Um, I mean, it's recorded somewhere, so you can pull up the archives, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was an intense, but here's the biggest lesson I would say for, for me is that I held back after all that, I held back speaking to Tony about the depths of my despair and how I was really suffering. 
And mm. um, I did that because I didn't want to look weak or not as strong in front of all these people because I've, I had built, always built this armor of protection around me. Like I'm, you know, I can do anything. I'm a superwoman. I'm, you know, I can conquer everything and I'm strong and in a lot of ways I am. And I, um, I didn't allow myself to go to that dark place that I really was. I really was in. And, but that was a huge lesson for me in saying, where else do I hold back? Where else am I not speaking my truth? Where else am I not communicating my voice? So I believe that everything happens for a reason. And so now that's why I'm here with you today is because I will not hold back any, any longer. I want to speak my truth. I know that my love, my heart, my pureness, my journey can help people. And my blessing, my wish, my prayer is that it helps a multitude of people from all over the world. And uh, so I, I won't hold back. And I actually, after my date with Destiny, I had that epiphany. Like, damn, you were in front of the number one peak performance coach in the world, and you held back. Like, where else does that show up for <laughs> yeah. you in your life, Jen? You so, know? so where almost, else holding back? Yeah. almost like you were building up to that moment. You were visualizing right. it. You were feeling so down, and even like you've just told me, um, even having suicidal thoughts. And you get the moment and you don't say what's really going on. So it was in a way uh, you feel that that was the, was that the turning point for you? And was that something that was, was meant to be? I, I believe there have been many turning points. Every day is a turning point. Every day is an opportunity. Every decision is an opportunity to take you on your trajectory so yes, it was a big lesson for me and I believe wholeheartedly that it worked out exactly the way it was supposed to. And that I was supposed to feel that, you know, sense of where else you hold back. So what happened for me was again, because I'm committed to growth and I'm going to do, I'm going to find a way and make a way that's, that's been kind of my journey is that I'm going to, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to tire until I get to where I want to be. And so I ended up doing a recording of what I would have said to you during my intervention. And I let it all out. I recorded a tape for Tony and I just spilled my guts out and everything I wish I would have said, I said in that tape recording. And then my, um, the head, I'm, I do mortgage banking. I have, I do a couple of things and I'll share that with you later. But, um, I do residential financing here in the States and um, one of the head of mortgage financing hired Tony Robbins to be a keynote speaker. And this person happened to be in my office. So I said, can you do me a favor? Can you put this into Tony's hands and then let me know when you've done it? And he said, I absolutely will do that for you, Jen. And that was Greg. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing that. So he, uh, we had Tony as a keynote speaker and he gave Tony the recording and then he texted me, it's in his hands, Jen. And so I just felt like, ah, oh, it was like a, a full circle. I just felt like I got it out. I felt like I said what I needed to say and it just was, it happened perfectly and perfect. And plus you learned the lesson from not and saying And I learned the lesson. So. Exactly. Wow, in a powerful way. That's incredible. Uh, really 
thank you so much for sharing all of that with me. Um, another another thing I wanted to talk to you about, uh, like you talk, you've talked to me a lot about spirituality and and yes. God, and Tony talks a lot about the need for grace. Yes. What do What does grace mean to you? Mm, unconditional love. Um, grace means that you know, I, I feel more connected to the divine than God source energy. There's so many names for this love energy, which is what I believe is that God is love. God is that love force. So grace to me is having, um, compassion for myself and for others, for understanding we're on our own journey. We're on our own journey to knowing truths, to knowing about God, knowing our purpose and to just have compassion for one another and uh, for, for myself too. So that's, and knowing that that's the way that this entity called God sees us is with mm. those, those eyes of, of his children. Mm. And so, um, so it's allowed me to have peace and, that's the kind of peace that I want to emanate to other people is the grace, the peace and love. And that actually is linked to my purpose statement. So my purpose is to be an ever evolving servant of God, to inspire others, to be free, truthful, and abundant. I embody God's divine wisdom, grace, and love, and then love others as myself. So that's, that's really beautiful, really beautiful. And so I'm I'm glad I asked that question because grace seems to be at at the core of uh, uh, as a, at at the core of a part of that statement. It is. It's That's, a huge yeah. part. It's grace for myself and self love and just you know mm. enjoying the process, enjoying the journey. And that's been one of the biggest lessons for me is this self love and self care because if I'm not at my best mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, if I'm not at my best, I can't give to you my best. So mm. I have to, you know, they, they give the analogy of the airplane, you know, you have to take the oxygen first and then you give it to the loved ones you love or the people around you. And that is, there's so much power and truth to that. So I have a practice and routine that I do every single day to fill myself up to fill myself up, not looking at external um, forces to fill me up. Not Tony, not other seminar programs. I look towards God and myself to fill me up. And then I can then send that vibrational frequency out to other people. It's almost one of the most important things in life, I believe. And, and Tony also emphasizes that. And and you can see in the title of the documentary, "I'm Not Your Guru," that right. we need to we need to, we can't rely on uh, whether it's uh, um, drugs, alcohol, things that you put into your body, people like in, inspiring speakers. Uh, we we need to find it within ourselves, don't we? We do, and that's the beautiful thing is that all the answers are within. That's mm. the truth. That is the truth. The answers are there. You, you know, you just have to tap in. You have to tune in, turn on, tap in. It's mm -hmm. right there. You For don't sure. have to 
you don't have to go anywhere else and just connect. You just have to connect to, to God and just stay still. And, and it's, it takes time and it takes practice, but it's that willingness and that, that intentionality that will get you there. Yeah. And I love, I love your uh, statement, especially, sorry, is it, what was it? What did you call it? Sorry. My purpose statement. Purpose statement. Yeah. So your purpose statement and. Yeah. Do you you know, like, yeah, say it, let's say it again, please. I'll say it slower. (laughs) Yeah. I'll say it slower. So my purpose is to be an ever evolving servant of God to inspire others to be free truthful and abundant i embody god's divine wisdom grace and love and then love others as myself very beautiful thank you i worked very hard at that yeah yeah years of (laughs) years of work years of work and reconditioning and patterning and um you know scratching that record and that is something so i have an alarm on my phone 5 a.m., 3 p.m., 8 p.m., my alarm goes off. And I do my, what I call, so this is my priming, if you want to know. So to get myself in a mental state, I do what a practice called I am, because anything you associate I am to forms your identity. It is one of the most powerful powerful, powerful practices I've ever done. So for your audience, anybody that's listening to this, I encourage you to do this today. Um, So what it looks like is anytime I, you know, I identify myself as a certain characteristic, like I'm being, I'm graceful, I'm kind, I'm loving, I write it down. And then whenever I hear somebody else say something towards me, like, oh, Jen, you're so sweet. I am sweet. And I write it down. And then it's the third thing is what I want to become even more of. Um, I am wealthy, right? So whatever you want to identify yourself to be, because what you're doing is you're focusing on what you want, like a target, not what you don't Mm. want. Because most of the time we're stuck in negative vibrational frequencies, right? So if you focus Mm. on what you want, that's your target. That's your aim. How you get there, that will change. That will adjust. You will dip and weave and adjust to, to get to your goal, but that's your target, right? So um, I'm scratching the record and that's where I'm focusing and projecting my mind to be. So I started out with a few words and now I'm over 500 words. Um, so wow. I, do you do those at, at every alarm? Every single one. Um, so I, right now I can speak to, I, I sound like uh I could do it so fast. I could get it down to 10 minutes where I'm like, that's what I was doing right before we did this interview. I did my IMs because I want to remember for myself and for my audience, who am I? This is what I am. I will tell you who I am. I don't let you tell me who I am. I know who I am. Mm. This is this is what I am. So I I do that and I record it. And then what I do is when I work out, I play it. So what I, because I'm actually training for Brody's competition at Brody Lee, the, well, not Brody, the New York City Marathon that Brody set up. So shout out to Brody. You're the best. I love you. But, um, <laughs> so I'm training for that marathon. And I'm also doing a bikini competition in April. So I'm, you know, I'm training. And so what I'm doing is my I am statements. So I do that every day and I record it and I, and I do that. So powerful, powerful practice. But I then have, I also, yeah. Oh, sorry. 
sorry, I'll let you finish. Oh, no, no, no. Um, no, so I was just walking you through my morning. So then I do um, my why statements. So then I run through my list of like, why am I up right now? Why, why do I get up at five o'clock in the morning and start my day and, and reinforce why I'm doing what I'm doing? Be, to be a conduit for the divine, to make my parents proud. You know, I have a list of things that I, that I do to be in service to others. So I run through that. And then I go through my purpose statement that I just did for you. And then my goals where my targets are, what do I want to accomplish? Where, where are my dreams? And I do that three times a day. And uh, it just reinforces that patterning into, into my mind. It's so, incredible. I yeah. I, I was go, I was just, sorry. I was just going to say before I th- thought you'd finished that um, I have some IMs as well, Yes. but, I, but I definitely do not have 500. <laughs> I've got, <laughs> I've got about 10. So um, but the I love your uh, what you do with the wires because uh, that's like uh, when you're going through personal development a huge well one of the first things I learned was not to focus on how or what but to focus on yeah. why and that that sort of pulls you into the getting the goal more than yeah ha- strategy or anything like that so um I, I, I I'm going to take that on as well yeah no it's it's really and like I said, setting that alarm, um, it just reminds you during that day, why am I doing this? Because there are those inevitable times where we, we fall and we sink into those lower vibrational frequencies. And, you know, you need that reminder. Why am I doing this? Why do I get up? Why is this important to me? Um, and it just will kind of redirect you and put you back on course. I love it. I love it. Hey, um, I've got a final question, but before I ask that, uh, if just if people want to follow your story a bit more yeah. and do you have a, a page or even just your Facebook or, or Instagram account you can share? Right. Yeah, and, so and, I, and what, and sorry, what do you, what else do you do? You, you mentioned before um, you do some other trainings and things. Yeah. So I've been, um, so I do residential financing here in the States. Um, I'm a loan officer, so I help people get financing, but I started a business this year that is so my passion. It's my love. It's my joy. It's my baby that I'm nurturing and it's holistic consulting. So I'm doing, well, the pillar of it is health and wellness because if you don't have your health, you have nothing. So I look at how do we take you from where you are health wise to where you want to go? And that's through diet, exercise, supplementation. I put I do customized programs for you and I have the best nutritionists, dietitians, trainers. We all collaborate to formulate something specific and unique for you and customizable. But then I also take you on a little mental journey through meditation. Meditation has changed my life. I, I meditate about t- two hours a day. So it might be extreme to some. Wow, that is a yeah. lot. Yeah. yeah, so it's a practice that I built, but I sleep less so that I can meditate more. And it is so powerful because, again, you're tapping into that subconscious mind and you are telling your mind where it's going. It's not telling you. So mm. you're, I'm tapping into those vibration, vibrational frequencies. And as somebody who never thought my mind could sit still for more than five minutes, you can and you will. I promise you, <laughs> I can get you there. So I, I, do, I do that. And then... Um, yeah, so, um, so so there's a bunch of holistic techniques, and then I also do 
neuro-linguistic programming and coaching and goal manifestation. It's just a bunch of stuff. So how people can find me is through my uh, Facebook. So um, I just created a business page. It's Jen Pearson or at uh, Holistic Consulting. I'll send you the link. That might be easier. I just started it this week, so I don't know that I have it properly memorized. But Jen Pearson, Jen with two N's, is my Facebook, P-E-A-R-S-O-N. So Jen Pearson. Cool. Yeah, you can send me the link, and I'll put it in the description. Yeah, that might be a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I'll send you that link. Yeah, but I I would love the support and, and, you know, be a blessing to you and help you on your journey. And, um, yeah, it's, it's super exciting for me. Awesome. Well done on, on setting that up. That sounds, that sounds really worthwhile. Thank you. And, uh, I love the, uh, I love your title as well. Holistic consulting, sort of focusing on everything. Right. Because it's also about a collaboration. Yeah. 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 And getting other experts in. Right. Well, yes, but also with my clients, because you have your answers. I don't have your answers. It's my job to kind of push you and guide you and ask you qualifying questions and really get succinct and get you to clear your mind and give up your bullshit stories. So we do that in a loving, you know, way, but I also push you, right? So you can come up with those answers. I'm not here to tell you, you're here to discover that within yourself. So it's a collaboration, not only within these other experts and that I bring in, but also between myself and the clients and nobody has the same experience. So what I tell my clients is, don't share the techniques or the lessons that I do with you. There's confidentiality because what I do for you, I may not do for somebody else because that person didn't need that. That person needed something else. So we do something customized for the individual. And, you know, I see it taking it to obviously doing the podcast. I want to do meditations online. Um, you know, any feedback that your audience has for me, I'm open to hearing it. Um, and yeah, thank you. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And, um, and thanks for being here. Like it's, um, it's with the time zone, it's been, it's uh, sometimes hard to set up, but I'm so, I'm still blown away that we can, we can even do this. I know, uh, me too. In completely different, (laughs) different countries, different time zones, everything. And uh, yeah, so I'll just ask my final question. Mm -hmm. So if you had to leave this world and you have one final opportunity to share some advice, guidance, or a quote with your loved ones, what would it be? Mm -hmm. Um, The biggest thing I would share is follow the energy of love. Follow love, follow light, follow love, because love never fails. Love leads the way. Love is God. So you follow love, the answers will come. The direction comes, the light comes. Just follow that frequency of love. Thank you so much. Thank you. Jen, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. Thank